0: This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 107.5 FM, giving you an in-depth look at all the stories, events, and topics that show how our officers serve and fight for our community every single day. Unholstered. Hey, good Saturday morning. Welcome on in here to another edition of Unholstered. I am just one of your hosts, Kayla Blakesley, and I'm alongside... Uh, the credible person on this show, <laughs> Sophia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, my name is Sophia Rosales Catina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to the show on Holstered.
0: What a show we had last week with you, Sophia, um, in honor of National Police Officer Week. We kind of did a highlight, a little spotlight on you, and about brought me to tears on more than one occasion during the episode so I'd really encourage folks if if they missed that one and you want to get to know uh, my co-host Sophia here definitely check that out on the unholstered podcast you can download unholstered anywhere you can download a podcast but Sophia we're back to bringing some guests in studio speaking of being here who do you have with us here today
1: right this morning we have officer Lisa Woods and officer Doug Weaver they are my um left and right arm in doing what I do. Uh, these two have been instrumental in everything moving forward with our new recruiting team. And it's something that we've been working on for a while and something that was a recommendation from the Mayor's Commission uh, that we did last summer okay, after the protest. Okay, I was gonna ask you, is that
0: where this recruiting thing came from then?
1: This was already an idea we had, but there... Uh, push to have that done kind of got us here faster, Uh, but it was in the works. we had already started on a few things, and I had already been talking to the chief about doing an actual team because, you know, we're just coming into those hard times now where we're just over the past few years, we haven't had the numbers of recruits that we've needed to have to backfill the people that are retiring.
0: Are you able to pinpoint why that is?
1: I think there's a lot of things going on right now, especially right now with, you know, the social climate and police, you know, in the limelight about being abusers and oppressors and all those kinds of things. I mean, in in left and right, we're seeing officers get charged, you know, they're disregarding qualified immunity and charging officers for doing their job. And, you know, they're being, most of them are being acquitted and some are being, you know, found guilty. And, you know, it, it's one of those unfortunate things. And I think we've done a really good job in this city of trying to have people understand what exactly qualified immunity is. And, let them know that we have a really good training facility here. We have excellent training. As a matter of fact, when we, when people come in as lateral officers from other departments, they're amazed at the amount of training that our officers get yearly here. Hmm. So I want people to know that we are highly trained. We that is training is continual through our career, and there are mandated hours. But most of the time, a lot of our officers are way above and beyond what the minimum hours of certification are.
0: So you were tasked with this. A recruitment commission force is, is there? Is there like an actual lingo or terminology? We for call it? it the recruiting team. The recruiting team. Yes. And so, yes. Officer Weaver, Officer Woods, you're both on that team, right? Yes. So, how did they come to get selected, or how did you guys get selected for the team?
1: I basically forced you them. them. You didn't really get much choice. Well, <laughs> Lisa here works as part of our community relations outreach, and she is the most organized, the most. Um, steadfast person I know to get things done. So, when we work together, oh, there is nothing... Lisa oh, like, I'm telling you, you know, I couldn't <laughs> do what I do without her. Um, and, you know, she's also a very good friend of mine. we were very close. And I think that helps, you know... But we hold each other to task. We hold each other to account. So if she's not getting something done or I'm not getting something done, she's not afraid to tell me, regardless of my status, uh, where I am in the hierarchy. (laughs) She's not afraid to tell me. And, you know, you got to keep people like that around. And Doug came to us. um, Actually, he had an injury, so he's been out on light duty. And I pulled him because I know what kind of a worker he is. I know he's excellent with technology. And he's just, when he gets into something— I know he's going to do it and do it well. And he is far surpassed anything that I thought I was going to get with him. I mean, I knew I was going to get good. I didn't know I was going to get extraordinary.
0: Oh, wow. So... No pressure, Doug. (laughs) Right? These two together have
1: been (laughs) instrumental in getting this recruiting team up and running and helping me do that because it's important. It's important right now because we have a lot of people retiring in the next few years, and we have to backfill those spaces to keep this community safe. And I think we kind of stumbled upon a new app that we're using called Interview Now. It is a text-based app feature that people can use, and Doug has been just – the best at getting this thing up and running and understanding all the nuances that it has. And it, it's going to help us a great deal. And I'll let Doug explain
2: this as we as we kind of go on.
0: Yeah, and what's your role, specifically, Doug, on the recruiting team?
2: What I'm doing right now is with the Interview Now app, uh, a lot of it is communicating with applicants. So this Interview Now app we use when people text in, the vast majority of the time they're talking to me directly. Oh, no kidding. Um, so, and, and most likely that's in the morning. So if they text in the morning, I'm the one they're going to respond to um, and then the nice thing is later they've responded to me, and then we have a fit test or a written test for the application process, and I get to meet these people face-to-face when we go to those events.
0: So is that where it starts? It's-
2: the application period first, yeah. and then there's a lot of patience after that. There's a, it's, a, it's a waiting game. Um, once we get that process, the written test is the first thing they do.
0: And then, Lisa, what's your role on the team?
3: I'm just there to help coordinate with the—we have a total of 12, including me, would be 13 recruiters. So I kind of help with the organization, uh, with communication. Doug and I kind of work hand-in-hand. We have our morning coffee routine every day and kind of talk about what the plan for the day is and what's going on, who we need to reach out to, whether we need to talk to lateral applicants, whether we need to talk to new recruits. So I'm just there to help coordinate. He does most of the back work on this.
0: She just said 13, you have 13 other folks in recruiting. How, how many people are on this team? So initially we, we thought we could do
1: this with six people um, as recruiters. And understand that this isn't a full-time job. The recruiting team is above and beyond your normal work hours. Right. Uh, we just don't have the personnel to make it a full-time team. It needs to be one, uh, but we just don't have the personnel to do that. So we did interviews of people who wanted to join the recruiting team and we had a really good response. We had about 32 applicants. Right. Um, and it was, you know, we have to, Go through the vetting process. Everybody was interviewed, and we took six. But I knew six was not going to be enough, so I asked, you know, permission. Kind of, I told the chief that like we needed. Like you for permission, <laughs> Sophia. I me know. I, I don't really. I just do what I. I just do what I want. <laughs> um, so here you are, <laughs> right? So I then we took. We ended up taking twelve. And we've needed all 12 because, you know, people have things going on in their lives. You know, people have kids, people have events that they need to attend. So it's really hard with six to do what we need to do. So we took 12, and then obviously we have uh, Lisa as number 13. Uh, But these are people that go to events for us, job fairs. They'll go speak to college classes. They'll go to um, Army bases Uh, if people are kind of getting out of military. They'll talk to them about jobs and policing. So we're really trying to hit everywhere that we can. And we also entered in a program called 30 by 30, which is a push, it's a national push, it's a program that you kind of sign a pledge to try and increase the amount of women on your department. So Hmm. the goal is 30% female on a department by 2030. Oh, wow. Uh, Right now, an average nationally is around 12%. Uh, We're...
0: you know where you guys are at? That's
1: about where we are. So we try to seek out women for this job in, in Like most jobs in not just policing, but people need to see themselves in that job, in order or someone that looks like them Mm -hmm. in that job. Mm -hmm. Right. If if I'm trying to get a woman to come to a male dominated profession, they're not going to do that by seeing a bunch of guys. They're going to do that by seeing women. So highlighting our female officers. And having our female officers go out and try and recruit other females is is where we are with this. And we're just trying to figure out how we're going to do this. Um, And so we have webinars with this national group that's doing this. And other departments are involved as well throughout the country um, because it's just a real big push to have women. Because we know that if women are on your department, you know, there's just a different style of policing. You know, sorry, guys, but we are more um, communicative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, there's less excessive force complaints with women. Um, And it doesn't mean because we're always touchy-feely. I mean, women can do this job, but if they don't know that this is a job that is potential for them in the future, then they're just going to pass it up. Right,
0: right. Lisa, Doug, what inspired you? I mean, you said you had over 30 applicants for this team, which I think is kind of a, a, truly a testament to how, how much folks love their jobs to some degree and want to tell other people, hey, you, you need to do this, too. But what inspired both of you to even apply to be on this team?
3: I've been here for I'm coming up on 20 years. Oh, wow. So for me, I've seen the numbers that have come in that have applied to the department dramatically go down. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be part of that change. Um, I love my job and I want other people to experience what I've experienced in my career. So for me, that was the push, was to encourage younger people to do this job and let them see um, how good it is and what what it can make for you as a life. I agree with a lot of
2: that, and I think most of us did. I think uh, part of it for me was trying to show people that there's a lot more to this job than maybe what they see in the action shots I on tell TV you
0: what, that's what I said almost <laughs> every week you know we all have this like stereotype almost built up of a police officer and it's very similar to to CSI or like you know SP whatever those TV shows like you said and I am just every week I feel like pulling back another layer to to not only what you know Sophia does individually but like all of these different task force uh, forces and departments like I'm mind blown the everything you guys do do
2: yeah and i think that's a big part of it is trying to bridge that that understanding and that gap on what people expect and actually know and the conversations i have with people that's what i try to show them is um, i've spent my entire career in the patrol division so there's this action shot of what we do Mm -hmm. without understanding the uh the amount of relationships that we have with people and how Any skill set you have can be applied to this job and then vice versa and how the experience in this job can make that better. But people just have that one view or understanding generally and they don't see what's available to them in this career.
0: So walk me through this recruitment process. So you've got this app, which sounds like pretty amazing technology that people can communicate that way. But then obviously you go to different events and you're recruiting folks. I mean, how does this whole process work?
1: Well, first and foremost, you know, with the app, um, it's really simple. So you just text uh, join FWPD to two three three nine eight five zero, and it puts you in direct communication with one of our recruiters. So that will um, start you on this process. So if you have questions about, policing or the process or anything the recruiter can help you through that. If you are a military person getting out and you want to know in the future, hey, I'm getting out in 2024, what's it look like in the future? We can we can talk to you about that. So once you do that, you, there'll be some questions you have to answer like are you a US citizen? Are you over 21 years of age? Do you have a prior felony? And once you get through those kind of questions, it will take you directly to an application. Or you can talk to just a recruiter. So once you fill out that application, it goes into, into the queue, and one of our recruiters will reach out to you. It's like, hey, we just received your application. That's how this process is, is supposed to work. Obviously, this is the first time we're really utilizing this from the onset of, uh, of applications. So this is going to be trial and error for us. So pardon us if you get lost in the shuffle, but we will, we will we'll find you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, you can reach back out to us. But, um, so once you start that process, you know we'll we'll kind of tell you what the f- steps are moving forward. We'll tell you when the applications are closing, when the test is about to start. We'll give you information on that. We hope to in the future, have workshops uh, where we do practical um, fit tests to get people ready, to get people um, to where they are, that baseline, because you have to have a baseline in order to move forward. So we want people to meet that, because that is the one area where the candidate controls the entire thing. You, you really can't control the test. You can't control the interview, but you can control that fit test. And our standards are on our website. We have a couple helpful videos on there if you
2: struggle with push-ups or sit-ups. So we'll
0: what, pu- what, are what are they? I'm just curious.
2: It's 25 sit-ups in a minute or less. Uh, 21 male-style push-ups, a 14-inch cool. vertical jump, a 300-meter run in 82 seconds or less, and then a mile-and-a-half run in 17-and-a-half minutes or less.
1: So you have to pass all of that um, in order to move forward. Now, those are higher standards. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I mean, I guess more leeway there. Once you get into the academy, to pass the academy, those times and those amounts increase so the time for the runs decrease, and the amount that you have to do increases. So that's just the base to get you into the next step. Mm-hmm. So once you pass that fit test, then it goes to the background check, then psychological, and then it kind of goes on from there. But it's, it's at least a six-month process.
0: I was just going to actually ask that. How long does it yeah, take? Yeah,
1: it takes a, generally about six months to complete from the written test to the actual seating in the academy.
0: Lisa, Doug, if someone's listening right now and maybe they're just getting out of the service or they're going to be, like you said, Sophia, or just maybe, I don't know, needing a career change for whatever reason, what would you say to someone who's maybe like kind of teetering or thinking about joining the Fort Wayne Police Department?
3: So, uh, Doug and I actually are military veterans. Oh, so we do that is our primary focus between the two of us because it kind of hits us in a different Absolutely. way. Absolutely. So there's a process that the military goes through when they get out, and we would encourage them to come to this profession because it, everything that we learn in the military kind of mirrors what we do in police work. Mm. So they already have that uh, that base that we're looking for: the discipline and those things, the drive. Um, but, yeah, that's something that we are definitely looking to try to get into the bases to talk to people as they are going through that exit process.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I would just say call us. Yeah, uh, Let's have that conversation. Just have
0: the conver- there's no yeah. harm in a conversation. Right? No
2: harm in a conversation. And we've had um, discussions the last couple weeks with people that are interested in that exact same thing. How do I change my career?
0: Mm-hmm. How does
2: a career in law enforcement work for me? And some of those are they just didn't understand what they already do could be uh, beneficial to us in our career field. And some people were just concerned with spouses and what their spouses would think. And those are conversations I'm willing to have as well, too. I've told uh, probably a handful of people over the last two weeks, hey, if your spouse is concerned, let's have coffee. I'll talk to them as well so that we get a full understanding and picture of what's going on and how the career can affect them as a family. And then what they can bring and what the career can give to them as well.
0: That's interesting. You know, kind of going back to, you know, we all have this, like, stereotype, so to speak, of police officers. Do you, do you run into any real, real big misconceptions that stand out to you when you guys are recruiting and talking to people? So, You're all um, nodding your heads yes and, like, <laughs> smiling.
3: All the time. <laughs> um, basically, that CSI perception yeah. that what people see on TV isn't sometimes real, most times mm-hmm. not real. Um, we all love to have that technology that they see. But at the end of the day, what we're doing is talking to people and engaging with people. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of skills that we need. If you can talk to someone, you're going to be good at this job.
2: Hmm. It's that. It's that perception that's been created by TV. That's all we do. And they don't realize 98% of the time we're just talking to people.
0: Yeah. Day in and day out, you're just fighting
1: that that's it. stereotype. Yeah, the misconception that things get wrapped up in a half an hour or an hour. Yeah. Um, it, it, <laughs> that's, yeah, nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, sometimes these investigations, as you know, take days, weeks, Mm -hmm. sometimes years. Um, And, you know, but we're always there doing it. And someone is behind that. Someone's still making phone calls. Someone's still talking to people. And while we're doing those old cases, the new ones just keep coming. So it's not like we have one case, we're working on it at one time, and that's all we get to do for the, you know, the next week. You're doing that case, especially our homicide detectives as well. You know, they come in and they might have a homicide on Monday and have another one on Tuesday, another one on Wednesday, another one on Thursday. So you know, it can just be overwhelming. So they're not just
0: working on one case. No, one they dedicated have to manage several at a so time. Darn CSI.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 proven um, that it makes police work a little tougher because people expect things that we just can't deliver because this isn't TV.
0: Something interesting. I, I know I, I might botch the name of it, but I know f- for quite some time, and you can correct me on the how long, Sophia, but you've, you've really honed in on, like, community-based policing. Is that what you call it? Is, community relations. yeah. And uh, my, a really good friend of mine is Alyssa Ivinson from Wayne TV, and she just did a, lot, a ride-along with one of your police officers just showing this. And I thought her piece was was actually really... Like, really well done, because you got to see almost what a typical day is like for a police officer patrolling the streets. You know, he helped a woman with a flat tire in this particular piece, helped a kid waiting at a bus stop, uh, helped another mom waiting at a bus stop. And it was all revolving around these conversations and just getting to know the people within our community and speaking to them and how's your day? What can we do to better serve you? And to me, that was a really real interpretation and representation of what it is you guys do do day in and day out.
1: That's probably a very true representation of what we do every day. It's just not shown, right? Right. Um, it's not on the media because it's not news, right? It's just something we do, mm-hmm. and we stop and check on those. And it's people. not a new concept.
0: Like, again, no, it's like we know it's you guys not. have done this, but no. no one talks about that part of it, you know? right? And
1: that's pretty much the basis of everything we do. And you know, we're stopping with that person when we can. Sometimes, you know, we're on a run and I can't sure. stop, and I, but I'll come back after the run and check on the person on the side of the road with their hazard lights on. Um, or with their hood up or something. Or I'll call it in. It's like, hey, if someone's available, can they come check on them? I might pass them by, but someone's coming behind me most likely to check on them. So it's just an everyday thing, and I think it gets missed so much. And, you know, through social media, we've been able to kind of highlight those things. When I was in charge of social media, we we posted pictures all the time. People would send us stuff. Mm. This isn't stuff that I'm going out and taking pictures of. People are taking these pictures and sending it to our Facebook page um, through the messenger and like, you know, I saw this, I thought it was really great. And, and so, you know, I'll go ahead and we'll post it. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where I think people just don't understand about every day, what we do yeah. and how many times we just stop and talk to people just because it's not because you're in trouble or not because, you know, we're looking for you. It's just, we wanted to say hi. And do you need anything?
0: So since the start of this recruitment team, I mean, how would y'all say it's been going?
3: Uh,
2: pretty well the interactions we've had have been very good and from the surveys it shows that we're averaging about a 98% satisfaction wow. on the uh, communication level and that includes people that decide at some point that this career might not be from them for them the more they learned or people that simply didn't make it through this most recent process uh, when we pull them they're still extremely satisfied with the communication they received because we're willing to have those conversations That's huge. so they're not getting just that one aspect that they were led to believe but they're finding out how they can benefit the career, like I said, and we can benefit them. Um, and that communication that we've opened up through the Interview Now app, through having recruiters on hand that they can talk to, and it's not something they're reading online or a preset message, it's all organic. Mm-hmm. So they're meeting these recruiters and we're finding that those relationships are extremely valuable and important and people like it. You know, this
1: is new, right? This is the first time the Fort Wayne Police Department has ever kind of put together a recruiting team like this. So. You know, there's going to be stumbles, there's going to be falls, but at the end, we'll learn from those and we'll make this better the next time and the next time and the next time. We'll just continue to get better. But right now, as it stands, tell you, with these two at the helm, it's going above and beyond what I thought it could be in the beginning. And I'm just so happy and proud of these two and what they've made this recruiting team. And, you know, while I'm quote unquote in charge, um, I, these two are really the Mm -hmm. ones doing the work Um, I'm you know the one of the most important aspects of leadership is to put good people Um, at the helm and let them drive the bus. And I have selected two of the best. Do you foresee
0: the team growing from the 13 members that you have now? You know, or would you, let me ask you, would you like it to grow? I would like to.
1: And I would, I would certainly say that, you know, at least we need to have a full time person doing this as Mm -hmm. the, as the amount of people increases because we are seeing an increase in our applications. Um, We had a, we first got introduced on the last month of the last process, so we came out, the applications were stopping in July, our team was set up in June, and we kind of launched the Interview Now program. We saw a significant increase in just applications through the Interview Now system, but we weren't fully ready to implement the whole hmm. system at that time. Um, now, from the start of this application process, this this interview now system is in place, and everything is running through this interview now app. So we'll we'll have better numbers this time of how much increase we see and how much traffic we see in, in applications. So I would venture to say that that is going to increase. We uh, Doug is actually embarking on another um, kind of adventure to say um, a social media push for lateral officers from those areas that are seeing, you know, their police departments disintegrate because Mm -hmm. of bad policy, Mm -hmm. bad government. So we're trying to hit those target locations because there's some really good people that are stifled in other departments. And, you know, our selection process is very rigorous. Our background checks are very thorough. Um, You know, But again, you can't get everything from everyone. You kind of have to bring people over and see how they go. But we have people coming in from different parts of the country um, looking. And we just had one recently, like I said, I think I've said this in the past. He came from California Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they did a nationwide search and they ended up in Fort Wayne because it was just the department was what he wanted, the training, the facilities, how we do business here um, and just the community. Um, It's important to people raising families that they live in a good, safe community with good government. And that's what we have here.
0: Two questions because we're almost out of time. Is there an age requirement? And then let's say someone doesn't pass the written test or the fit test or whatever it may be. Can they eventually reapply?
2: So you have to be 21 by the time you graduate the academy. You can be up to 40 years old if you have 20 years of military experience. So without the military experience, 39 would be the cutoff. And absolutely, we, we, tr- we track that now on if people fail the written test, people don't pass the physical fitness test because we're pairing those people with recruiters that we just talked about to help them and prepare them for that next process. So a lot of the people that we contacted this week were people that maybe didn't make it through the process last time and we said, hey, our applications are open again. We want to talk to you. And those recruiters are reaching out to their people saying, here's your next shot.
0: So you're trying to set them up to be successful. You you, you want them to be successful. We do. And if there's any way we can help with that, uh, we will. The real question, Sophia. Can you pass the fit test right now? Ooh, <laughs> um,
1: probably everything
0: but the push-ups.
1: <laughs> and I always struggled with those. Those are just one of my things. Um, I don't. I think I could. I could probably manage everything else, but that you could definitely manage better than I could for sure. What's happening next week? Um, I think next week we're going to have the famous uh, James yes, Payne. Yes, we've We've had a waiting. lot of um, inquiries about him and, and people wanting to hear his, hear his story. And um, he has agreed to come on, so we'll be talking to him next week.
0: I am pumped for that one. You've been asking for James Payne, so he will be joining <laughs> us. Cannot wait for it. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Unholstered.